This is my second attempt. As you know, sometimes tech problems happen, so if there's a little blip of a live feed, I'll try to rectify that uh, on YouTube here shortly. I hope you're doing well. It is December 4th, 10 a.m. It's the morning after Purdue beat Iowa in a very, very ugly game. Iowa tried to take Purdue out of their offensive rhythm and was extremely successful in doing so, except for about five minutes of the entire game. So for 35, let's say 33 minutes, something like that, <clears throat> Iowa defined the pace of the game and almost cost Purdue dearly. As everybody knows, it felt like, a, it felt like an anticipatory ga uh, game, a, um, a rite of passage of sorts. It didn't feel like championship in, uh, environment, it just felt like Something great was about to happen because of the, the pending potential number one. You guys know my thoughts on the AP already. If you watch this show regularly, um, I have no faith in the voters. I have no faith in the media in that way to do their job. So uh, call me a skeptic. Call me whatever you'd like. I'm not going to believe it until I see it. But uh, Purdue improved to 8-0 on the season and 1-0 in the Big Ten in their opener. Uh, there's some interesting and noteworthy things that happened. I'm sure you watched, heard, looked at stats. Uh, one of the big things that, that I thought was interesting is the physicality that Iowa played with was, reminded me a lot of Wisconsin. Um, it's kind of a great equalizer when you play that brand of basketball, and they paid for it in the, in the um, foul count. They had a lot of fouls very early. It looked like they were going to have a bunch of guys foul out. I think they had two foul out. Nope, they just had one guy foul out. It was uh, Rabraka who's a transfer from North Dakota State or something like that. Uh, but uh, they should have had three or four foul out, I felt, because of the way they're playing. But there was about a four-minute period towards the end of the first half where the refs just simply swallowed their whistles. Uh, one very noteworthy play was when um, uh, Ulyss from Iowa undercut P.J. Thompson. It made a big difference to Purdue because Thompson was hurt on the play. Um there's a couple, not many, but a couple people on Twitter are saying, oh, he didn't do it intentionally. That was, you know, that was completely accidental. But if you look at the play, and Jay got really angry at it. He he posted on the Boiled Sports how bothered he was by this play. But if you look at the play, there's nothing for Ulyss to go for on the other side of Thompson. There's nothing over there. There's no ball there. There's no other Purdue player to guard or pick up. There's there's dead space. And Ulyss saw an opportunity, I think, to, to take out Thompson, and he did it. And um, we discount this as normal human beings who are just sometimes uncoordinated and maybe a little clumsy. College athletes, especially big-time Division I college basketball players, are some of the most coordinated people you will ever meet in spite of their size and length, especially the guys who are guards. And he's a guard. He's six foot three, six foot four guard. And he took out P.J. Thompson. And it hurt Purdue. Uh, Thompson was hurt for the rest of the game. Was not super effective bringing the ball up. Didn't have his quickness. I think he came down on his right hip, so... Uh, every time he stepped, he felt it. When he came out of that game immediately after, he stayed standing on the bench as to not tighten up his back and his hip. Um, I think that was directed by the trainers. Uh, came out still sore in the second half, not right. Uh, Hunter had to play a lot more point than I think um, Painter really wanted him to. Hunter struggled against the pressure. Um, Thompson also had a turnover against the pressure. And that full-court hyper-extended trap that Iowa was playing was really the difference maker for Purdue. And if other teams see this, which I'm sure they do, they're going to try to do the same thing. So what Purdue needs to hurry up, uh, find out in a hurry, hurry up and do, is uh, find a way to break the press. It was relatively simple trap. I think it's a relatively simple press to break, too. 
But the way Purdue did it, the way they chose to do it, it seemed like they isolated the point guard, had everybody get sent down the court. Instead, you have to have two guys even, evenly spaced and try to pass it up. Be patient. Uh, pump fakes make a huge difference, and don't go into the corner. It's very, very simple. And then the last part, which Purdue got duped into doing, don't throw the huge, long cross-court passes because they give defenders a huge amount of time to react. Um, uh, Fran McCaffrey is still Fran McCaffrey. Um, looked like his head was going to pop off, especially when it was like 8-1 to one in the foul count early in the game. Uh, but Iowa was earning those fouls. I, I mean, those weren't like brushing in against the guy. These were guys coming up and smacking Purdue players, hitting them across the face, knocking them across the arm, like missing the ball by a good six or nine inches. They were playing very physical. They were trying to level the playing field, and they almost did it. Uh, Purdue exploded, of course, uh, midway through the second half, uh, got up by 20, uh, thanks mostly to Jaden Ivey. His quickness, his ability to defend the passing lane has always been noteworthy. But he had a couple plays yesterday where he just tracked down balls that were just so far ahead of him uh, one of them, uh, he knocked the ball away on the right side and came to the left. It looked like there's no way he's going to get to the ball. Not only did he get it, he kind of had this gigantic stride to get to it. Got it, gathered, dunked the ball. Also had a play where he was on the right side of the offense running point. He beat two Iowa players with angle, uh, just with his quickness and with his stride length. Um, all of a sudden, he was at the rim finishing, and that's the highlight everybody's seen, I'm sure, if you've watched like me. I've watched the highlights like five times. Um, I also feel there is a good reason to anticipate a good thing happening on Monday. But here's, here's my, my thought on that number one ranking. Very simple. Um, we want them to get to number one for a lot of reasons. It's historic. It's something, you know, like I say, my, my dad's been a Purdue fan his whole life. Uh, he went to Purdue. He brainwashed me and my siblings and being Purdue fans. He's never seen a number one Purdue team. I want every Purdue fan to experience this. I think it's a really cool thing. I do think it's a rite of passage for a program to get to the next level. Get to number one. Tell yourself you belong there. And then then go play the game and worry about you got that out of the way. It doesn't matter for me if it's one week or ten weeks. I don't care. Get to the number one and now focus on the next task at hand. And this is a task right now because it's so close, tantalizingly close. Purdue needs to finish that and get it done. And it looks like they might. But it's, this is like a popula uh, popularity contest in high school. There's not a lot you can do to make sure you're going to get it. So hopefully I get it. I mean, crap. It, it, it's, not that, it's not the end of the world. I think everybody wants Purdue to peak in, in late March, early April. There's no doubt. And this team um, last night got a splash of cold water on their face, a smelling salts, whatever you want to say, it, and they still won. They were this close to losing. They had uh, they a 20-point lead, went all the way down to, I think, three and uh, maybe closer. I don't have the, the game tracker right in front of me. But it felt like Purdue was giving this thing away. We've seen Purdue give away games before. We've seen Painter teams give away uh, games before. He's, his patience is a good thing. But in this case, they needed to change the way they were addressing that, that press, that, um, that trap. Hopefully everybody learns. From the point guards to the shooting guards to the forwards, somebody's got to help. And Painter's got to direct that. This is where you, the, the whatever, two, three million dollar man, whatever he's getting paid right now, earns his money, you make adjustments there before the you know you bleed out. And Purdue was in bad, bad shape, and they look like they were going to. Um, Caleb first played a somewhat uh, human game. He played 21 minutes, just two points, but he had seven rebounds. And early in the game, he was cleaning the glass. Everything that was near him, he was grabbing. Uh, Edie, 17 minutes, six points, five, uh, pardon me, seven boards as well. Um, Ivy, great game, 19, uh, 19 points in 29 minutes. Uh, then he filled it up here. He had a couple rebounds, a couple assists, a couple steals. Only one turnover. That's a big turnover. Or that's a big uh, uh, move forward from the last couple games. 
Um, Stavanovic, quiet game, just eight points. Um, he was needed. He got in foul trouble, and I think that hampered the way he was being rotated in. Uh, he also had some really, really bad passes. I think he's had he's had six plus assists the last three or four games. He only had two assists last night, and he had a turnover. Um, but I thought he had one more that he may have not gotten credit for. Um, Trey Williams, uh, his big story was cleaning the glass. He was very, very good on the board. Let's see, 24 minutes, 13 points, 18 rebounds. Very solid Travion Williams type of game. Uh, he's showing that emotion again. He's putting guys on his back when he has to and taking them to the promised land. Looks like he's doing great things there. Gillis, though, got my game ball. And the reason he got my game ball is his efficiency. 18 minutes, 12 points. Um, six and six free throws, two for two three points, two for three field goals. So in three field goals, he scores 12 points. Um, he was clutch on the free throws when Purdue had a couple guys that were missing the back end of free throw, uh, free throw, the free throw attempts. Easy for me to say. And, um, because of that though, because of Gillis's effort and his energy, Purdue moves on. Eric Hunter has got to get better. Plain and simple. Eric Hunter is a great player. He's a solid guy. He's a really good leader. Got to play better against the pressure. There's no other way around it. He's too good of a ball handler to be doing what he did last night. He wasn't recognizing the situation over and over and over. Um, there was a, at one point, uh, Iowa had extended their press, uh, I think first half, and I believe it was Perkins. I think Perkins is from Indianapolis, Indianapolis kid. And Perkins had three fouls in the first half, and he was playing uh, up far on the, uh, on the trap. And you go right at that guy. Because he was trying to play a sag where he'd play the passing lane, dribble right into his gut, keep his shoulder down, let him see, dare him to get that foul. Because if he's because he had I think two places in one in one possession where he knocked the ball away because Hunter was trying to throw it over the top of him, and it simply was not working. Um, go at that guy, get the fourth foul before the end of the first half. They want to extend and have a have a guy in there, make them pay. And I wanted to see Fran pay for that stupidity. I thought this was really dumb and bad coaching on his part. But he rolled the dice and he won. And Painter and Purdue nearly lost because of that. Um, and uh, Purdue wins 77 to 70. That's the biggest thing. Lots of lessons to be learned in the wake of a win. That's a good place to be. And uh, let's be happy. Let's see what happens on Monday. I'll be back here probably with some sort of quick cast and reaction to the polls on Monday afternoon. I think they come out at 1 Eastern time, 1 or 2. I can never remember. Uh, but... Um, Let's see what happens. If nothing else, give you something to grin about. And let's reiterate, this has never happened to Purdue. That is just an incredible stat to me, that this program, as good as it's been, as many great teams. I mean, Painter's had a pretty damn good career at Purdue, but let's not discount Gene Cady's time. If you're too young to remember it, Purdue was the number one seed in the tournament over and over, and they never got a sniff for num of number one. That's pretty amazing. And I can think of four, five Purdue teams that seem like they should have gotten to number one that never did. And it looks like this team is going to get to number one. That matters. That matters for the program. That's a big deal. So enjoy it for what it is. I'm not saying it's the end-all, be-all basketball. I think it's a very important rite of passage. So thanks for tuning in. Once again, uh, thanks to our sponsors, Martin Vintage, martinvintage.com. Enter Boiled at checkout. Get 15% off. Uh, head over to Gridiron Metalworks, uh, gridironmetalworks.com. Enter Boiled, 15% off. And, of course, AJ's. I went there last week for, any, uh, for a meal before the IU game. Great place, tasty stuff, nice people, lots of TVs. Can't lose there. All Purdue families sponsoring us. They're great. And also head to the Boiled Sports Shop, pick up something last minute. It'll get to you by Christmas. Uh, Jay's fulfilling the orders, just FYI. 
So you get the best service in America and the most handsome service. Uh, J Money will treat you right. Thanks a lot. I actually have an order of stickers I have to send out. So somebody ordered stickers this, this week. Jay ran out of his stock. I have a couple to send you. I can't remember who you are, but I've got the email. So you'll be getting your sticker soon if you're that person. So have a great day. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Hammer down. We'll see you.